where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. We have yet another international looking back at the week that was. This time, we have the firing squad who will bring you our thoughts on what's going on around the world. St. John, New Brunswick Deputy Mayor John McKenzie brings a motion before the city council in promotion of a universal basic income and to literally no one's surprise because New Brunswick is a liberal hot mess, the dark region beyond the pride land, the council voted with a unanimous yes. And finally, the fiscally irresponsible and soft totalitarian liberal government gave millions of dollars in arrive can contracts to the shadiest organizations you could imagine. To recap, that's millions of your tax dollars given wastefully and negligently to questionable groups in order to spy on you and squash your freedoms. Welcome to Canada. You know, when I think about the madness, both in our country and around the world, my mind went to Psalm 93, verse 3 and 4. It says, The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. It's January 17th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo, that's Matt Halleck, and joining us for the firing squad soon will be Tim Tyso and Mike Thiessen. This is the Liberty Dispatch. Welcome to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. Thank you again so much for tuning in. We're thrilled to have you along for the ride please if you would like subscribe rate review smash the notification button smash the subscribe button do what you have to do content on our comment help us win the algorithms roll the war and get our content out to many many people you can also get all our content over at the flf network that's the fight laugh feast network and we also have a very handy app associated with that which you can get from your google play or your Apple App Store, and we would definitely encourage you to do that. The FLF Network has some wonderful podcasts, and we're thankful to be a part of that network community because it's wonderful. So definitely go over flfnetwork.com, check out that stuff. Our website, libertycoalitioncanada.com. Check it out. Everything that we're doing over there, our various legal advocacy, our, our initiatives, all that we're doing is over on that website. So you're definitely going to want to go check it out, libertycoalitioncanada.com. Finally, please consider prayerfully leaving a donation on that website to the work we're doing over here because it's expensive. 
uh, fighting for freedoms. It's expensive to advocate in the court against insane illiberal um, school boards and insane government policies for the civic rights of Canadian freedoms and to push back against a lot of the darkness that is happening in our society. But yeah, that's what we do. We push back, we fight those fights, and we advocate for your rights and your freedoms, as well as picking apart the crazy mainstream media narrative as well. So go over to libertycoalitioncanada.com, check out everything we have going on there, and leave a donation at the top of the page. Or you can scan that handy QR code at the bottom of the page that'll take you there as well. And finally, please, if you want to reach out to us, we must make a note. Reach out to us at mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. That's mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com because we want all the, the emails every correspondence that you have regarding the programming to go to one place so we can just streamline that whole process. So we really would appreciate if you use mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. And we thank all those who have reached out to us for reaching out to us, giving your thoughts, and honestly, putting us in touch with people and and organizations and you know sometimes people in need who are coming to our communities because it's amazing how we've been connected up with some people and we've been able to tangibly fight for their betterment for their better lives and love our neighbors as ourselves so please if you can mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com so with that, just a few quick housekeeping things. If you subscribe to our email, and by the way, if you haven't subscribed to our email, what's wrong with you? <laughs> if, if, if you're watching this or listening to this, I can only assume you subscribe to our emails. But if, if you haven't, or if you have and you haven't noticed this yet, on the bottom of our emails, we've started highlighting the specific places for you to reach out. And so if you have any questions regarding podcasting, you comments, questions, send it to mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. If you have any questions about churches, you're looking for a church, you have questions about churches, you have any profound theological questions, then reach out to us at churches at libertycoalitioncanada.com. If it's anything having to do with donations, giving support, questions, e-transfers, that's give at libertycoalitioncanada.com. And if there's anything that doesn't fit into one of those three categories, which hopefully that takes care of most things, then you can send anything to info at libertycoalitioncanada.com. But you'll see that at the bottom of the email. We just want to streamline where the communication goes mm -hmm. so that everything is a little more better organized so we can respond quicker. There's been a little bit of lag in some of the emails that people have sent us. We haven't responded as quickly as we'd like. So by focusing all this out, that would be good. And while we're on the topic of mailbag, uh, we would love to hear from you with regards to your thought on universal basic income. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not simply the case that it's only radical lefties that support a UBI and then the conservatives shun it. You'll have conservatives like Milton Friedman, who is in support of, I mean, he's I don't think he's alive anymore if he is. He's very old. But Milton Friedman did support no. a universal basic income, and he would be of a more conservative flavor, maybe a little more libertarian. But 
here was someone who wasn't a liberal, wasn't a lefty, but supported it. And so I think there is discussion and debate to be had there. So give us your thoughts. What do you think mm-hmm. about a universal basic income? Are you for it? Are you against it? And what were the reasons for that be mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com? We also want to say, if you haven't noticed it or recognized it, and certainly if you were at the Drag Queen Story Hour protest this last Saturday in Peterborough, like I was, you realize that resisting tyranny and fighting for freedoms in Canada can be rather wearying, especially when you are outnumbered 10 to 1, 15 to 1, assaulted by inclusive rainbow flags. What we all need is some deliciously brewed fuel for our bodies and minds. This is why you need to get your beans from Resistance Coffee. Why would you buy coffee from people who hate the freedom and foundations of what make Canada such a great nation? Starbucks pays their employees to travel out of state to murder their babies. McDonald's won't let unjabbed parents visit their sick kids in Ronald McDonald clown hospitals. Tim Hortons is tracking your movement through their app and won't let unboosted people attend their woke camps. So what's our recommendation? Spend your money on coffee that not only tastes way better than these Marxist companies, but also supports and donates to freedom in Canada. Go to resistancecoffee.com slash LCC today and save 10% off your first purchase. That's resistancecoffee.com slash LCC. And please keep using that slash LCC for all your subsequent purchases so that they know that we sent you. Mr. Matt, today we have a firing squad segment, and we are joined by two of our friends, no strangers to the show, Mike Thiessen and Tim Tyso. And so it was great to have them with us on the firing squad. Let's cue it up. I can't even believe it. Welcome to the firing squad, Mike, Tim. Thank you for joining us. You are so rebellious in front of your gas stove. <laughs> yeah. I cannot. Trolling the libs hard. <laughs> what, uh, what comments we bring out. So, Tim, why don't you go first? What story do you have for us? Guys, excess deaths in the UK are the worst in 50 years. More than 650,000 deaths were registered in the UK in 2022 which is 9% more than 2019. This represents one of the largest excess death levels outside the pandemic in 50 years. COVID is still killing people, but it involves, it's involved in fewer deaths now than at the start of the pandemic. The largest jump in excess deaths was seen in men aged 50 to 64, most commonly caused by heart problems. Mm. Mr. Jab, that's yep. all. <laughs> what was introduced yeah. that could explain that, that we've talked about quite a bit on the program? Benign heart problems. Just, yeah, uh, benign just heart problems. Two of my shows that talk about the medical side of how we can actually understand that that would be happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it is a pretty, pretty difficult it's a pretty difficult piece of information to deal with when when they're still promoting 
these vaccinations all across the world. Yeah, the supposed cause the cure was worse than the cause of, of all of this. It's it's turning out. Um, anyways, Mike, what do you got? All right, so Germany orders Holocaust survivor to be institutionalized over the COVID-19 shot. So I guess we're talking a little bit about COVID today. Soviet-born composer Ina Javinskaya is reportedly in hiding from German authorities after they attempted to have the 85-year-old committed to a mental institute and inoculated against her will with a COVID-19 shot. The court order had authorized the forcible removal of Javinskaya from her home on Wednesday in order to institutionalize her, get this quote, for her own good. She was reportedly rescued ahead of her visit by some friendly activists. Her lawyer has filed an appeal and convinced the district court to suspend the vaccination part of the order until it is resolved. This reminds me of a uh, an anecdote that I read in a book um, uh, about Germany in the uh, pre-war period. Uh, the night of Kristallnacht, uh, the night of broken glass when the synagogue was burned down, that week they brought in a train to remove all of the men from the city um, for their protection. Okay? So uh, this is – I mean I don't know what else we need to say when it comes to uh, the state – protecting us for our own good is not a good look for Germany. Yeah. No. And other than the fact that, can you imagine having to go through this again? Yeah. History repeats itself, I guess. And I, you know, it's, I mean, an 85 year old woman who doesn't want to get vaccinated and they want to uh, put her in a mental institution. I mean, the story kind of comments on itself. I mean, it's, it's brutal. Yeah. I mean, don't like, don't they understand what has happened in Germany before? Like, don't the, the, the people who are presently in charge, don't they understand the black marks already on their history? Like, can, can, can anything good come from Germany? I mean, there's good cars and maybe the sausages, but Klaus Schwab is from Germany. That other guy, right? I'm thinking about that Norm Macdonald bit. That other guy, we're not even going to say his name because we don't want to distinguish him. He comes from there too. I don't yeah. offend any of our German audience, but... You guys are your your batting record for pure evil show, on the global scale is not so good. It goes to show that cultures change very slowly, very slowly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mean, ultimately, what should be coming from what's coming out from expressed in the first story, and then also what we see in the second story. We need a Nuremberg 2.0, and that's the reality of the situation. And it's because of behaviors like this that have taken place in the past mm -hmm. that necessitate us to move forward, hold people accountable. This is, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But here we are. It's 2023, and this sort of behavior is still going on. Um, my story that I want to bring to you guys, and I'm interested on what the two guys up at top who are currently in Kentucky uh, have to say about allegedly. this. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. We cannot confirm. Um, <laughs> anyways, Pfizer has given $1 million to the Republican Party of Kentucky 
to expand its headquarters in what may be the largest politically or political contribution ever given to a political party in Kentucky the drug maker maker Pfizer Inc gave 1 million dollars last night to the building of the Republican Party of Kentucky's new headquarters this is an extraordinarily large haul for the fund which had raised over $6,000 during the first three quarters of 2022. What do you have to say, Kentucky boys? This is an interesting one because I came across this story and you just can hear the freedom fighters in Kentucky just kind of uh, shudder. There's there's a shutter going through like, oh, we, we, we kind of thought, didn't think we were going to have such direct interference here. And, and this donation uh, really just kind of signaled uh, a, a cold response. That's right. The uh, the reason why when we had the last couple of years that we did, when we looked at people that we expected a different response from, when we expected them to speak up on certain issues, when they had aligned themselves in a certain political way for their careers, and then suddenly it was like they they, they were talking through a ventriloquist doll or something, or they had strings attached behind them. This is the stuff that goes on that takes elected officials who are there to speak for you, and they become actually spokespeople for larger corporations or larger corporate interests. Mm-hmm rather than representing you. And it shows how, I mean, I want to say how broken the system is, but I don't care about that. It shows how easily humans are swayed by money. Mm -hmm. And the Proverbs talks about how a bribe in the hand is like a magic stone. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so Pfizer knows this, that they can dump a pile of money in the Republican party and they'll be beholden to their lobbying. Okay. And so we need to elect officials who have integrity not to be swayed by those things who have a higher allegiance. And uh, I hope the Republican Party of Kentucky has some strong-willed and strong-spined people in there to say, great, they helped us build their building. Doesn't mean that we owe them a cent, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and they, yeah. the only reason they have so much money is because they they were able to force a, a jab on everybody. Uh, so it is totally perverse, and it just... Sorted cash. Blood yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, We've and seen this just, in Ontario with Western University as well, right? Like, like yeah. and we've also seen the introduction of this from our prime minister talking mm-hmm. about uh, a new, was it a Moderna plant in, yeah. in Canada? Yeah. yeah. So the reality of it is, is the big, big pharma has extra money to spend right now and they're going to spend it on infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. To expand their influence. And it, it yeah. just speaks to the uniparty establishment that, you know, so many people wanted Donald Trump to get elected in the first place to to rid these swamp creatures from politics. Yet it just we played a, a, a an advertisement that former presidents Clinton, Bush and Obama were all on pushing the same narrative, the same vaccination. And we said, well, brought to you by the Uniparty. This is the same behavior that we see here that these parties, these big corporations they're kind of working in lockstep and you know i would hope that like you said uh, men like Rand paul other influential people within kentucky can 
push back against whatever influence Pfizer might be trying to have over the Republican Party. But although it might come as a shock to hear this, hear Pfizer contributing this much because they tend to contribute mostly to um, CNN and other lefty organizations, I think in reality, anybody who's paying attention to American politics isn't all that surprised that uh, they would be giving a lot of money to the Republican Party as well. So I'll, uh, I'll have conceded my comments to you guys because you all took more than a few shots. So I will go right to my story. And the fourth story is that Michigan's Muslim-majority city council approves animal sacrifice for religious purposes. A Detroit-area city on Tuesday voted to approve allowing residents to sacrifice animals at home for religious purposes. The Ham, Ham, Trump, Ham Tramp, Ham Tramp, that's a, that's a funny thing, city council, <laughs> whose members are all Muslims, approved this practice three to two last Tuesday. Quote, if somebody wants to do it, they have a right to do their practice, council member Muhammad Hassan said. Muslims often slaughter animals, especially goats or sheep, during the holiday of Eid al-Adha. Hamtramp residents will be required to notify the city, pay a fee, and make their property available for inspection. So there are some rules around this. Hmm. Wild. <laughs> so, okay, this ought to improve Detroit. So just to jump in, the... The red tape is you have to notify the city. The city gets to make income off of it. And then you have to then employ a bureaucrat to come and inspect your sacrifice. But outside, so, so it's all a government, number one, it's, it's all a government gain financially, the, the requirements. Whether or not animal sacrifice is a good thing is negligible and of course this leads us to all of our conversation that we've been having for years you either christianize a nation through the transformative work of christ and the word of god and apply it into your lives and your family and the community or other worldviews will do the same thing mm -hmm. and this is simply now the muslim worldview mm -hmm. being lived out in this detroit area city Andrew, you've talked a lot about how the state is fancying itself the high priests of our culture. Well, this is a perfect <laughs> example of just that, right? They they have to examine the sacrifice, whether there's blemishes or not, whether it's appropriate to do or not. It's literally taking on a function of that high priest. Uh, it's it's a very weird story to uh, to see coming out in 2023. I, I don't think it's that weird, Matthew. I, <laughs> I, I, it is. It is. It is when it is. It is political activism. Mm -hmm. it, it is a worldview being manifesting itself. That, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. So besides the fact that it's it is a little bit humorous that the town is called Ham Trank. Okay, the, so and that none of us can say that, and I could ham tramp ham, ham slab. Um, <laughs> but also, I'd like to point out that the uh, it's Muhammad Hassan, who's the city council member, who spoke, who's the spokesperson for this. By the sound of his name, I don't want to assume, but he doesn't sound like a Christian city councilor. Okay, he sounds probably like a Muslim, which means that there, there, there is a religious worldview being 
brought in through the civic uh, government. And so for Christians who, who don't recognize that religion and faith have civic consequences, this is a case in point that when you own the, me the mechanics of the civic realm, you get to make determinations like this. Animal mm -hmm. sacrifice 15 years ago would have been thought ludicrous in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. Okay. For a multitude of reasons. I can, I can think of five or six off the top of my head. Um, but when you have a culture that really believes in what it uh, espouses in terms of its faith, it will manifest that and it will legalize it. Mm -hmm. And that's happening. It's interesting to see it happening over here in the Muslim um, realm. We haven't seen that as much. We've seen more of the pagan sexual revolution side really advancing. Um, but nonetheless, guys, it's happening on all sides. They are legislating faith. Mm -hmm. They are, uh, publicizing their faith and they are manifesting their faith in real ways. And, uh, we ought to be doing the same. Uh, so it's, it's not, it's not, it's not whether a faith a concept will govern society. It's which faith concept mm -hmm. will govern society is what you guys are trying, trying to say Rock there. And I think that's yeah. uh, super, super important for what us. You got, to D You've had to listen to all of us. What do you got? Take a shot. Well, you're probably not going to hear legacy media crying out Muslim nationalist. So <laughs> that's true. That's my only thought. Because that would no be Islamophobic. No one, Andrew. no one, no one, no one's going to say anything about Muslim nationalism because yeah. uh, they're hypocrites. And to take a line from the Daily Wire, if the left didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. So that's uh, that's that's my thought on that. Boys, thank you so much for joining us on the Firing Squad. Uh, enjoy your gas stove and any other any other contraband in your possession. You guys have a great day. Thanks for joining. Yeah, Thanks, Thanks, guys. <laughs> Our federal government's response to economic difficulties is to print money until it's worthless, driving up the cost of everything. If you haven't noticed the cost of milk and eggs and cream lately, then you're not doing your own shopping. It's ridiculous. So not only is the cost of everything driven up sky high, but essentially it's stealing from your hard-earned pay. They also want to monitor your spending by way of centralized digital currency, and they want to control you by way of digital ID or a global vaccine passport. Everyone is in Davos right now discussing more and more ways to be tyrants. What you need to do is take control of your own resources and be responsible for your own money. Bull Bitcoin wants to help you do just that. Bull Bitcoin is a 100% self-funded, freedom-minded Canadian Bitcoin exchange that wants to protect your financial freedom and help you protect your resources. Sign up at mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC and have all of your questions answered. That's mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. There's another thing that our government loves to do in order to handle our resources irresponsibly, which is steal more money from people who make more than $40,000 a year <laughs> in order to give it away to people who don't make that much money or who make just about that much money. But now they can stay home and do nothing and earn that much money. But I won't be eligible for anything. I'll just have to foot the bill for people who are making less than that and not, not because of any particular 
issue or disability, but because they realize why would I work and make 35 grand a year when I can sit at home and make 40. And so this waste of money that clearly the progressive left is all about is what we call a universal basic income, or as it's being called, it's either a, uh, what's the, what's the G stand for again? A there's it's also GBI. There's universal basic income, and guaranteed what's, what's basic income, a guaranteed yeah. basic income. That's yeah. right. Thank you. I was thinking income. through all of the all the demonic acronyms and how to make sense of them all. So <laughs> yeah, this is the, the first the, we the benign to... corporate language to talk yes. about communism. Oh it's, <laughs> yeah. no, no, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's all so safe. It's guaranteed and universal. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, so our first story is um, Saint John, New Brunswick City Council votes unanimously in what's a little bit virtue signaling, but a little bit the state of where things are going to mm. move toward a universal basic income. Now, they don't really have the power to implement that. They're going to rely heavily on their dear daddy federal government to make it happen. Mm. But what we want to do is we want to play a video, an audio clip from a January 10th radio interview with the deputy mayor of St. John, John McKenzie, Let's uh, listen in as he talks about why a universal basic income is good and why they want to see it implemented in St. John, New Brunswick. Deputy Mayor McKenzie, good morning. Good morning, Julia. How are you? Hello. So when you put forward this motion, what was the reaction from the rest of council? Uh, very positive. The motion passed. Yay! Other people's St. John in particular, we are experiencing a lot of difficulties with poverty, the high cost of living, food, and uh, we need to try something a little different. I was a little <laughs> surprised to see this, to be honest, because it doesn't seem it like doesn't a municipal help. issue to, to get involved with this. Why did you want to put it forward? Well, it's not really a municipal issue, but uh, I yep. think that, you know, uh, if things come from the grassroots up, then the uh, federal government has... Uh, good reasons to look into it you know so Top i think that uh, municipalities across the country are uh, are uh, looking at this as we heard uh, last night halifax st john's newfoundland moncton Fredericton. Uh, they all, uh, you know, have passed it already. And, uh, but mommy, the now. other kids want so communism. Why can't I have it too? Why would mm -hmm. a guaranteed basic income make such a difference in St. John? Well, Judy, I think there's gaps in the system, and I think uh, we've seen that, uh, and they're getting bigger. And this is something that we're only been, at socialism. Uh, we're not at full blown. This is not a new so idea. That's the gap. It's been talked about for years and years, and. Uh, you know, I think it's something that now needs to be oh, piloted man. and tested. Again, it, it has, has been, been before and it's been successful. But this no. time I think it needs to be implemented. <laughs> so I think that uh, by, you know, municipalities pushing for it, uh, the federal government will hopefully take a look at it and see the benefits of doing it. Hmm. So, I mean, we're joining a, a broader call to make this happen. You mentioned Halifax is one of the cities that has already decided they're going to put pressure on the feds in the province to look at this. Like, if this is already happening, you know, what's it going to take for, 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 for that to actually occur if, if cities are already pushing for it? St. John's one of many. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, it's I guess that, the only that depends on how high the temperature gets in Ottawa. <laughs> but I do know that there's a big push on right now, and I think that, you know, hopefully uh, sooner than later we'll see the federal government, uh, you know, take another look at this. And if let's say it was, like how much would that change the budgets of the city going forward if GBI was in place? 
Yeah, well, it's not a municipal uh, uh, cost. It would be uh, paid through taxes and provincial taxes. No, no, but like and a downstream effect, though, on, on the effects of poverty on municipalities, how much of that would be taken off St. John's plate? Oh, huge. It would have a huge effect because, you know, we see a lot of uh, people that, uh, you know, need uh, police services, ambulance services. Uh, um, you know, they go into the hospital. Uh, you know, they're living in tents, uh, you know, across their city. Uh, a lot of things would, uh, you know, help the city by having a basic uh, guaranteed income. So uh, I think there's definitely, uh, you know, downstream effects. You know, a lot of people who uh, are in on basic income guarantees spend their money locally, too. So, I mean, they don't do the online shopping. They go to the stores, they buy their, their goods, and it's good for the economy. So there you have it. There you go. There it is. UBI, baby, coming, coming to Atlantic Canada and so- probably a place near you. I uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand this off to you, Matt, because I'm I'm sure you have much to say about communist economics. But the, <laughs> the one the one thought that comes they to my work. mind, That's, uh, the one I'm thought sure. that comes to my mind is you said we have all these problems and police and people going to the hospital. I'm like you know what helps these problems? One, governing according to biblical principles, because mm-hmm. believe it or not, God has made the world work a certain way, yeah. like. Don't spend more than you have. Don't steal from people. These mm-hmm. are all biblical principles. Prosecute people who commit crimes. Right. <laughs> another thing that certainly uh, helps is not shutting down businesses, not destroying people's lives and livelihoods, mm-hmm. not crushing them for the last three years, and then coming out the other end saying, oh, what are we going to do? Well, let's, let's, let's all go out to dinner, <laughs> right? Let's have 10 of us go out to dinner. And then let's have eight of the 10 of us vote that the two friends who make more money than the rest of us will pay for dinner for everyone because of (laughs) that's fair, right? That's equity. So Matt, um, give us, give us, give us your thoughts. So some people might not be totally familiar with the idea of a universal basic income or a guaranteed Mm -hmm. basic income. They might've heard Mm -hmm. some things. How does it work? What are the high level specifics? Give us the Coles notes version of it. And, uh, in my best Bernie Sanders, is it a good thing? Is it a good thing? <laughs> it's uh, it's not a good thing, Andrew. Now, um, you made mention that there's some, you know, on the more libertarian side of things who have um, endorsed something like a UBI. Generally, the argument from the right side of the aisle is, well, we can replace so much of this bureaucratic nonsense, bureaucratic oversight if we just remove the stipulations attach the money if we removed a lot of the things that go into our current welfare state we can get rid of a lot of the bureaucracy that surrounds that whole situation and actually causes more money more government spending um so that's kind of typically what they're arguing what the left is arguing is out of really an understanding that is rooted in Marxism, the UBI is seen as sort of this utopian emancipation from the drudgery and slavery of work. And the idea is not only to provide for those who need it, but essentially 
yeah, provide an income for anybody who doesn't want to work, not only is incapable of working or needs supports, but who doesn't want to work to live high off the hog. And now the interesting part about St. John City Council putting this forward, as you made mention, is just a virtue signal to their constituents because they have no actual authority or ability to make this come to pass. But I said it as he was talking, there's a bottom down and a top up play at work here. They have not got a lot of traction at the top up like or bottom or top down, sorry, uh, level. And, you know, you don't have to look very far because in, um, 2021, at the end of 2021, the MP from my riding here in Winnipeg Center, Leah Gazan, uh, NDP communist, uh, introduced Bill C-223, which is a national f- to create a national framework for guaranteeing livable basic income. So there's the GBI, um, UBI that that is they're synonymous anyway, which fa- thankfully did not progress beyond its first reading and but i want to kind of just talk about what was actually in that framework that would have then compelled the uh, minister of finance to actually look into implementing this in canada um a it says to determine what constitutes a livable basic income for each region in canada taking into account the goods and services that are necessary to ensure that individuals can lead a dignified whatever that means that's so vague you can drive a truck through it and you'll you'll notice that all this utopian Marxist legislation is just that way, and healthy life, as well as the cost of those goods and services in accessible markets. B, to create a national standard for health and social supports that complement and guarantee basic income program and guide the implementation of such a program in every province. C, to ensure that participation in education, training, or the labor market is not required in order for to receive this guaranteed basic livable income and d to ensure that the implementation of a guaranteed livable basic income program does not result in a de- decrease in services or benefits meant to meet an individual's exceptional needs related to health or disability and we have to um, note that though this didn't work at the, the top-down level, now what we're seeing in municipalities as the mayor of St. John's, uh, the deputy mayor of St. John's mentioned, is a push from the bottom-up level to institute this across Canada. And this is something that progressives and liberals, they've wanted for a long time. So where it, it kind of... There's this facade that, oh, hey, these liberal governors um, in the Maritimes and in Manitoba, in, in interestingly, all these have-not provinces that already get billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars of equalization payments that haven't fixed the problems in those communities. It's almost as if just pouring money at the, the broken um, systems, stupid political leaders doesn't fix a problem. Uh, it just sometimes confounds it. Um, anyways, 
though it seems, Andrew, that there's like this struggle between these municipalities and the federal government, let's be honest, the liberal government would love this much paternalistic control over the economy and to implement uh, the the most grandiose of all wealth redistribution schemes in Canadian history. You know, they're not ideologically opposed to it. They just haven't had the broad support of it. But you make a really good point when you kind of mocked it is this is essentially, and this is what it comes down to, is other people voting taxes on their neighbor. (laughs) And um, it's it's pretty gross. Yeah, and it is a, you know, it's a virtue signal in that mm-hmm. it doesn't really have any teeth, right? St. John municipally doesn't have the power, doesn't have the revenue to actually provide a UBI for its own residents. And so what this basically is, is the city council of St. John begging the federal government saying, please, oh, please, can you take money from other people in Canada and give it to us? Right. Maybe some of those people are some of the wealthy people. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's some wealthy people who live here in our own city, or maybe it's some really wealthy people in Vancouver and Toronto and Ottawa and Calgary. But please take from them and give it to us so that we don't have to work. Right. Like the reality is there are people legitimately, because of tragedy, because of disability are unable to work, unable to keep a regular job that's needed to provide for them. This is where you have charity. This is where you have, if there are going to be any kind of social safety net, it would be for this purpose. But the reality is, my wife and I were talking about this earlier today. I would say, though, Andrew, the the Ministry of Mercy is not the states. They have the Ministry of the Sword. It's the Ministry of Mercy of the Church. If you you're shouldn't have, have one, one, but if it you would do. be for this, yeah, <laughs> yes. I think free associations this. should help. Yes, we should absolutely. have definitely established associations to help all sorts of different people overcome different things. As somebody who sits on a board of a private association who does that very thing, I totally believe in private charity and freedom of association to help people with needs. We need those things. But anyway, sorry, I, I just had to interject. That. Yeah, and so this, and so the reality is that they would say that this is for people who are suffering and struggling and can't work. But like with the abortion argument, they take the vast, vast, vast minority and then blow it out to the rest. Because the truth is that the majority of the people that are going to jump all over UBI are not people that are unable to work because of disability. My wife and I were talking about this. Let's assume they make the cutoff $40,000 a year that that is your guaranteed basic income. If you're making $35,000 a year or $40,000 a year, if you could make the same amount of money by doing nothing and you're a lazy butt, you'll take it. Even if you're making $45,000 a year, even $50,000 a year, you might find yourself saying, I'm sure that we could downgrade and sacrifice a little bit so that I don't have to go to work. This is going to crush. (laughs) This is going to crush entrepreneurship. This is going to crush initiative. This is going to crush really the thing that God has made people to do, Mm -hmm. which is to work and create and to sweat and to take dominion over the world Mm -hmm. by stewarding the resources and the materials that we have. And so this is very Mm -hmm. uncreation. (laughs) This is very demonic. Not that you have demons that are 
infiltrating people and 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 possessing them but it's demonic in that it is not a godly ideology it's a godless ideology whereas in in god's world human beings work and produce and actually it's good for them it's good for their families in a yes. demonic pagan ideology that comes against that it would say to people no 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 don't work mm-hmm. don't work well, stay home well, which if- we saw during the pandemic mm-hmm. porn consumption went up mm-hmm. drug abuse went up alcoholism yeah. went up why because idle hands of the devil's playground it's it's literally contra creational it's literally going against what human beings were created by god to do as you made mention that's why it's demonic because it's fundamentally anti-human it's anti-creational it's anti-christ and hey this isn't a favorite passage of most christians but it is a passage in the bible last time i checked those who don't want to work shouldn't eat that's right. a biblical principle and well, there's another one that's even more unpopular which is <laughs> that if a if a man can't provide for the needs of those in his own household then he is denied the faith he's worse than an unbeliever yeah. that's a that's that, a sticky one. Oh yeah <laughs> that, that, that's that's how because it's taken for granted right it's not it's not yeah. even a christian principle it is a it is in eight in human beings created in the image of God. Okay. It is a human reality that that ought to take place. And that is where the perverse, this different religious aspect comes into the question because Marxists, as I said, they believe that this is emancipatory, right? This is liberate, like liberation for and human beings to be freed. It is, it's it's, it's slavery. total enslavement. It's total yes. enslavement. Yes, absolutely. And so the, if, if we're going to encourage our, our audience right now, so if you're, if you're hearing this and if you, if you even have a shred of a thought, which is, yeah, I'm working minimum wage, it's tough, it's struggling, I'm only making X amount, man, UBI would be good. No, 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 no. That's a bad idea because mm-hmm. you might get a little more money for working less, but the trade-off for what it will do in atrophying your spirit and your soul and mm-hmm. the way that God has designed you, it's not worth the trade-off. Work hard, go out and create something, make something, build something. If you're working at a job, I mean, if you're working at a grocery store and you are stocking shelves so that people can come and buy food to eat, good for you. Work hard. Be the best stalker that you can. Make sure that when you face the cans and the cereal boxes, it looks great. And that anyone who walks down an aisle that you're stalking says, wow, it looks really neat here. And Mm. everything is accessible and clearly labeled. And the prices are good. How frustrating it is when stuff isn't priced properly. Don't be that person. (laughs) Take dominion at the grocery store. Work hard with whatever you're doing. Be excellent. Please the Lord. Come home tired. You might not make as much by being a lazy butt collecting UBI, but I'm telling you, for the sake of your soul and your sanity and your spiritual well-being, you have to reject this and you have to do what God has made you to do, which is work Mm -hmm. and work hard. Yeah, and for his glory. I mean, that's basic reformational principles. And that's that's the – Listen, we don't have to look any farther than re- like like what's currently going on. War communism is so destructive to the incentive and the basic human instinct to take dom- dominion that it's destroyed 
every single civilization that it's been a part of. And if you want to look at that in communities across Canada, look no further than Aboriginal populations across our nation. The state turning an entire race of people into wards of the state has not led to their human flourishing. It's led to subhuman standards that we complain about and that we are aghast about. But that is the reality of the situation. It has so killed the individualistic, freedom-loving spirit in our Aboriginal neighbors across this country that don't think for one second it won't happen to you because there's not something inherent in Aboriginal people across this nation that that they were more susceptible to this. This is what communism does. It destroys the incentive structures of properly working for the glory of God. It increases the role of the state, essentially making the state the benefactor of every single Canadian citizen. And it essentially turns all Canadians, it has the potential to turn every single Canadian in this country into a ward of the paternalistic welfare state, which is the absolute furthest end of socialism. And let's just be honest, it's basically communism. And that's what we're dealing with. This is what communistic command and control societies were known for in history. And guess what? It did not lead to better living standards. It cannot lead to better living standards. And Andrew, the crazy part about all of this is UBI has been tried. It's been tried and it's been found wanting in the experiments. And, 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 and it happened and in all Ontario. Of <laughs> all of its all of its all of its distorted second cousins as well. I mean, if you need another example of mm. of seeing how just throwing money will destroy prosperity, then we don't have to look that much further than our neighbors to the south, even within the last century. I want to I want to recommend if anyone hasn't seen, I want to recommend to go and watch Uncle Tom 2. It's the second part. There's there's two Uncle Tom and Uncle Tom 2. The second documentary they devote a lot of time in that documentary featuring a number of very wonderful, godly Christian men and pastors as well in the documentary talking about some of the spiritual, social ramifications of these worldviews. But they devote a lot of time in that documentary to what actually happened with Black Wall Street in the United States, right? Coming out of slavery and the emancipation of, of the slaves now here they are, they're working hard, they're starting businesses, they're getting an education, they're learning, they're working. And so you have the creation of Black Wall Street in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And here it's 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 blowing up in terms of prosperity. They're building a parallel economy. Yep. And you can see pictures and videos of wealth. And they labor the point in the documentary that what crushed Black Wall Street is not an infusion of racism. It's not white people who are angry and coming against, yeah, coming against <laughs> Black Wall Street. Yeah, it was things like the Great Society and FDR's New Deal, and telling people instead of working hard to earn your money, we'll just throw money at you. Oh, mm-hmm. and by the way, if you have multiple children but no actual man at home, we'll give you even more money because of it. And this was the thing. It was these socialistic practices 
that crushed prosperity that was an actual grassroots movement from the bottom up. It was great prosperity and great wealth. Mm -hmm. And then the result of these programs crushed it. It's inevitable, whether it's UBI, whether it's the welfare state, doesn't matter what it is. When, when When the state throws countless needless amounts of dollars in or in an effort to say we'll take care of you we'll provide for you it's the same thing as a parent that spoils her child right don't we understand this in all levels in the most local sense yeah Yeah. you spoil your child you just give and give and give and don't expect anything they're not going to learn how to work hard they're not going to work and so what's going to happen when they grow up they're going to become a selfish self-centered person that's a drain that won't actually contribute no one's going to want to hang out with them mm. and they are, they will not be they will not contribute anything good or beneficial and yeah. what's true in the family is true in countries as well mm. so yeah. we it's, vote we vote no if we were on the city council yes we we, are, we would have voted nay for the ubi yeah, no thanks it, federal it, government and it, it pr- promotes self-centeredness and narcissism in a society right because the free market if you're going to be successful in that society you have to actually provide a service whatever it may be it might be a good labor whatever it is there's so many different types across this expansive economy you have to provide something that other people value in order to make a living, make earnings, make wages so you can provide for yourself and your family. So even greed and avarice in that sense is actually directed to the benefit and the love and the uh better betterment of your neighbor and ultimately the prosperity and flourishing of society the same is not true of ubi and it creates all these incentive structures that are absolutely pers- perverse they're destructive and honestly it is idiotic to the nth degree and again we see it we've seen wealth re- redistribution schemes in the in the form of Canadian equalization payments, yet it's these same provinces who are the provinces who are trying to win constituents' votes by essentially voting for taxes on their neighbors that are out in other places in the country. And then you're surprised when you have people in Alberta who want to leave? Well, they're sick of paying the bill, and rightfully so. For other nation, for other points in this nation, some even like Quebec. How is Quebec a have-not province with their mega centers, their meccas? It's just total and utter economic malfeasance. But then you have a perverse incentive where why would you really seek to be economically prosperous when? Because of this redistribution scheme, the government's going to give you billions of dollars anyway. It's the same way as you're saying. You have two choices. Work hard and the government's going to take half. Or don't do anything. Get free stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which one would you choose? It becomes in your be- in the in your benefit and the best interest of you to take the leisure. But what does that mean? Production across the ag- aggregate co- economy is is diminished and overall wealth and prosperity in a community 
is destroyed. That's what these programs are shooting for, regardless of the flowery language. That's what they're aiming at. And we have to say, no, we have to think better through these things. This is not loving your neighbor. It's not loving your neighbor to tell them to do things that are not in their best interest, whether they perceive it or not. Um, It's really, really important that we get this right as Christians because this seems loving. This seems kind and benign. It is anything but. Right. And the the we'll see in the final product the fruitfulness of it, right? The the proof mm-hmm. is in the product. So yeah. by yeah. way of quick example, mm-hmm. uh, legacy media and its institutions are funded in part by the federal government. And the product that you get is a dishonest, neo-Marxist, progressive, mm-hmm. radical flaming dumpster fire garbage of lies and propaganda Mm -hmm. i mean that's right now on the other hand you have places like liberty coalition canada which (laughs) is not funded by the federal government that will not be taking money from the purses of the state and the product that you have that has come about from risk taking and hard work and actually doing something new and dangerous and trying to branch into and spread into a new area, a new arena, is you have a Christian, conservative, Canadian, with the very least of our show here, analysis of all things news and politics. And what do you get? Something that is significantly more honest and objective. Yes, we have our bias, but it's honest and objective with receipts and it's not a flaming dumpster fire of neo-Marxist propaganda. <laughs> yeah. and, so and the bef- proof before is in the pr- product. Yeah, p- before we press on, I just I made mention of it already. Of note, this has been tried. It's found wanting. Look no further. I'll put it, when you talk about receipts, I'll put some of these experiments that have been tried and failed. Um, I'm talking especially about the biggest one to date, which was the Finnish study, where they, you know, they committed to if everything goes well after a um, three-year program of UBI, they would continue it on. Or sorry, it was two years in that case, three years in Ontario. Um, two years in that case. So they did it from 2017 to th- 2019. And even the Finnish welfare state, which is everybody, every liberal talks about, oh, look at Scandinavia, these welfare states, even they saw that the cost of implementing it, um, in some cases, I think the numbers are they would have to raise taxation by like some 30%, like up to 30% on people to to do this sort of UBI. It didn't lead to better job outcomes. It was way more tax, there was way more tax burden on those who are funding this program. And what what proponents of UBI will say, oh, but people felt better about their lives. Well, yes, of course, because they don't have to work. They can just leech off of other people. That doesn't mean it's virtuous. Um, and so that's something to point out. And also, when they tried it in a Canadian context in Ontario, they committed to do it for three years, but it was so costly and ineffective that they stopped after only 15 months. So it has been tried. It's found wanting. We must understand that it's been tried on even greater scales in communist nations across this world. And it has been found wanting. 
And no matter how many times these utopian idiots keep going here, we have to keep fighting back against this anti-human, this contra-creational idea of work as some sort of result of the fall and some sort of undue hardship and alienating burden on human beings. It's not that stupid and we have to reject it in toto. So while we're on the subject of money and working hard, we have to talk about our friends over at Rocklink Investment Partners. The team at Rocklink is not and does not support a woke Marxist WEF-friendly cancel culture worldview. And they've also created the Kokomo Fund. I forgot to bring my hat. Jonathan gave me a wonderful Cayman Islands hat that my son has, in uh, in communist fashion, has stolen from me and claimed as his own. But anyways, uh, they've created the Kokomo Fund. In light of bank accounts being seized and frozen under the War Measures Act, Rocklink can help you move your investment overseas based in the Cayman Islands, the world's number one offshore market for investment funds. Give the freedom lovers at Rocklink a call at 905-631-5462 or send them an email, info at rocklink.com. That's info at rocklink.com. Our last story today, and we, we probably aren't going to take too, too long with this because there's just some high-level facts that we want to bring to your attention. <laughs> that again, it's one of those things that maybe skated under the radar a little bit, has kind of come to our attention, it's come up to the forefront. And what we need to talk about is the federal government giving out arrive can contracts to very questionable and shady organizations. And so this is both the Arrive Can app, the creation of the app and the specifics. It's something that's contracted out or the program itself and how it's maintained and the messaging. So these are things that are contracted out, which Public Health Canada does. We know that Public Health Canada also recently, this is very, we cover this, has contracted out or is looking for people to hire who will be social media scours to try to find people's postings regarding the experimental gene therapy injection on Twitter and Reddit. And so public health will they often, can flag for re-education, <laughs> right? Sure. Public health will often post jobs or contract things out. And so this is another instance of that. So we have a number of pictures that we want to show you and we have the links as well in the show notes for you to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, that these are taken uh, from someone who did some research on Twitter. And so in these first two pictures here, if you can't particularly see or make out, you can pause, you can you can zoom in. Essentially, the Liberal government gave a $2.35 million Arrive Can contract requesting 11 employees. You can see it there in that image on the right, the different employees that are required. And they gave this out to two men who employed no one and operated out of their home. The contract grew to $9 million. The guys made millions subcontracting the workout. So they're given a contract. Two guys, supposed to be 11 employees. Two guys are given the contract. Sounds it grows like from 2.35 to, to $9 million, And they subcontract the workout and they do it from their home. And I mean, this, if I, I have my, 
I, I received my 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 fine for five thousand dollars for coming back to Canada for not declaring my personal medical information. So I mean, thank you, Arrive Can, but this is who they handed it off to. This this is who the federal government said, yeah, yeah, you make the thing that we can use to 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 exercise some tyranny over our people. So this is the first image here. Um, the second image here, we'll we'll look at this and then we'll we'll discuss a bit. So you have three images here. So one of the five contractors working on arrive on the RiveCan app won a non-competitive contract worth $14 million. The company that won has four employees. They have little history. That image in the middle there is their website doesn't even work. And the business mailing address listed leads to a lakefront cottage. That's the image on the right. So the image on the left is this company, four employees, no history, nothing's known about it. In the middle, there's no website. And on the right, that's the business listing, this wonderful lakefront cottage. They get a non-competitive contract worth $14 million, again, in the creation of an, of an app that is the precursor to a digital ID and is just one more of the pieces of a global vaccine passport and the further encroachment of the civil government on our freedoms and to bring in more totalitarian control. And so this is, this is how our federal government has chosen to spend tax your dollars, money. your money, your money to, to, to your do money. this and to give it to the shadiest, most questionable organizations the only thing where, in my opinion, the only thing worse would have been if the federal government gave $5 million to that Nigerian prince that just keeps emailing me all the time, <laughs> right? I've, I'm recently, I've recently come into my throne and uh, I need your help and then I'll send the money back. This, that would only <laughs> is, be- Is this the government e equivalent of would, being catfished? <laughs> it would only be slightly less responsible- yeah. Then these two instances, if they said, oh, well, of course, we'll help you. And I could just imagine our prime minister saying everyone deserves equity and everyone deserves. So, yes. Hey, man, we will Nigeria. <laughs> I, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't receive no millions of dollars from the government. To, um, and I wouldn't have taken that money if it, it, it was for this uh, this app and this dirty money. Apparently, it's a lucrative business helping governments uh, control their people and install tyrannical <laughs> um, apps and all sorts of things. And I mean, we shouldn't we shouldn't be surprised at that, right? Because the the only people wealthy in communistic nations were those people who were in cahoots with the government and had some sort of governmental connections uh, a lot of times it was a lucrative business to be on the king's good side when he thought he had the divine right of god to rule arbitrarily um but believe it or not that's not the side of the angels uh so there's not much to say we've pointed out our government is totally irresponsible I mean, the, the fact that they expect us to responsibly and reliably um, do our taxes each year when they're irresponsibly f spending our money and f 
funding shady, questionable organizations to install tyranny and, um, you know, basically erode our civil rights. I mean, this is perversity at, at the highest level, but it's not surprising. It, I mean, our government is so over its skis. It's so off the rails. It's so unjust that why would it not? It, it believes it has arbitrary authority to pick economic winners and losers. And those with closest proximity to whatever scheme they want to implement, whether it's green economies or tyrannical surveillance apps, those are who's going to make the the money those who that's who's going to make the incentives in this new socialistic democracy that's not a democracy at all but this that's uh, that's this canada 2023 <laughs> this is why i'm very thankful for our friends over at free to fly who oh yes. are clear in their messaging and clear <laughs> over and over again love those have guys, your convictions yeah. draw your lines do not comply do not compromise don't play the game, right? So this is why, and not just because the game itself is irresponsible and evil statist totalitarianism, but because of everything like this related to it, right? Mm -hmm. So this this is why we'll say, don't play the arrive can game, right? And why we said it to you, don't play it. And mm -hmm. why when I came back from the United States, I wasn't even going to download or fill it out. Like, no, no thanks, I'm not going to. Don't play the game. Don't do the things that are required. Don't 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 put on the mask because you have to go buy groceries. Don't play the game. Mm -hmm. Don't do not comply. Don't shut down your church because the you state draw asks your line. you to. <laughs> Absolutely. Have yeah. your lines, have your convictions. Do not go against your conscience. Be principled. Establish now what it will be and then be a person of integrity. Yeah, because you're not not only are you going to make it easier for you to compromise in the future and easier for you to make decisions that will slowly erode your integrity. But the reality is it's at this point that you need to push back and say, I'm not only opposed to, for example, the Arrive Can app and everything that it stands for, but I'm also opposed to the way that it came about. And I'm also opposed to the fact that our federal government wasted money giving it to shady and questionable people and organizations in order to create this app. The whole thing is a gong show. The whole thing is theater. The whole thing is fake. And I'll have no part in it. That needs to be your attitude, right? Mm -hmm. And we can understand that we can make the pitch for the Christ follower, especially mm -hmm. because Jesus is clear that his people, he is of the truth and his people who are of the truth, not only hear his voice, but understand what's true. Mm -hmm. that we have been given new eyes, that we have seen the light so that we're no longer in the darkness mm -hmm. of a false reality. We know what's true. We know what's going on. So for the Christ follower, it's an easy pitch to say, don't live by lies, mm -hmm. do what is true, have your convictions. But even for those of you who have not bowed the knee to King Jesus, even for you, it's still better. It's still better for you to not go along with the game and the lie and the charade, to not bear false witness. It's still better for you to not comply with evil and lawless things. It's better for you to have convictions and not shake on them. Now, it would be great for you if you would take that to its 
to its best end, which is to submit to the King of Kings and the Lord of mm -hmm. Lords is the only one who understands how this universe works and how we are to live for the most flourishing and the most fruitfulness and the most benefit and for the glory of God. That would be tremendous. And we would love to talk with you and encourage you and pray for you to that end. But even if you have not yet decided to follow Christ, even still, it's better for you to be someone of truth and integrity. And again, to take from Solzhenitsyn, to live not mm. by lies and to reject all this, all this theater for what it is. It is, it is propaganda. It is theater. It's all about control and compliance and it's nothing to do with benevolence and the care and the good of the Canadian people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's it. I'm done. And I have nothing to add except for freedom. Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Till next time. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com.